Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. So what if two people have the same desire, they desire the same thing, and what if they both know the power of imagination? That question comes up every now and then when I'm talking to people. It kind of reminds me of when I was a kid and asked my dad, how does God pick which football team to win because they all pray before their games? <laughs> Neville answers this question in the question and answer section of his series of five lectures given back in 1948. The collection of those lectures is called uh, his core lectures. You might have the book Five Lessons. That book contains those five lectures, but that, that specific book doesn't include the question and answer section. So if you haven't read the question and answer section from those lectures, I suggest you get a copy. Uh, you find them, the PDF file of the core lectures are easily found on the internet, or just email me or message me and I'll send you a copy for free. I'm not charging you. <laughs> anyway, someone in attendance uh, at the lecture asked Neville, two people want the same position. One has it, the other had it and now wants it back. Neville answers, your father, the dimensionally greater you, has ways and means you know not of. Accept this wisdom. Feel your desire is fulfilled, then allow your father to give it to you. The present one may be promoted to a higher position or marry a man of great wealth and give up her job. She may come into a great deal of money or choose to move to another state. It doesn't matter if one person wants the same thing as another person, even if they both know the power of imagining. By assuming there is another who can take what you want is belief in a secondary cause. I don't give any thought to what other people may want when I have a desire. I don't concern myself if we are competing for the same desire because there is no real competition. I know many people who live life as I do who know the power of imagination and know who they really are. But I'm not concerned that one of them might achieve the thing I want and then I can't get it, as if that's the only one out there. There is no other. Sure, there are infinite states, but all is God or consciousness. All is one. I am not in competition with anyone because everyone and everything is God. Imagination. I do what Neville says in his answer here. I focus on my desire's fulfillment, then allow my dimensionally greater self to give it to me. If someone comes to mind, someone I know who wants the exact same thing, if I'm aware of them and what they want, then I imagine lovingly for them. I don't imagine them being in competition with me. I don't imagine them going somewhere else or getting turned down or losing the thing I want, which would allow me to get it. I do it all in love. I imagine for them in love. I see them thriving and fulfilled with no condition on it. And often I'll come across someone that expresses a desire that is actually the very similar desire that I have 
uh, for a particular thing. And so I see them fulfilling that desire. I imagine them already having and being that desire, that desire's fulfillment, already having it and being it. When I imagine lovingly or unlovingly <laughs> for another, I'm imagining for myself because there is no other. When I have a desire, I assume the feeling of that desire's fulfillment is already true for me. In the power of awareness, Neville says, you win by assumption what you can never win by force. An assumption is a certain motion of consciousness. This motion, like all motion, exercises an influence on the surrounding substance, causing it to take the shape of, echo, and reflect the assumption. A change of fortune is a new direction and outlook, merely a change in arrangement of the same substance, consciousness. If you would change your life, you must begin at the very source with your own basic concept of self. When you know that assumptions, if persisted in, harden into facts, then events which seem to be to the initiated mere accidents will be understood by you to be the logical and inevitable effects of your assumption. So how do I assume the feeling of my wish fulfilled? I do just that. I assume the feeling of already having or being that experience that I desire. In Neville's book, Prayer, The Art of Believing, he says, you should awaken within you the feeling that you are and have that which heretofore you desired to be and possess. This is easily done by contemplating the joy that would be yours were your objective an accomplished fact so that you live and move and have your being in the feeling that your wish is realized. It's just like that Bible verse. I'm sure you've heard it. It is through him that we live and function and have our identity, our being. Just as your poets have said, our nature comes from him. So who is this him? Well, that's God. And God's name is I am. In the verses before that one, and that verse is Acts 17, 28. Paul is telling the people of Athens that the way to find God is by feeling after him. It is within us because it is us. And so any desire we have, we feel its reality or feel the reality of it, of it already being true for us right now. I have a desire. It doesn't matter if a thousand seeming others desire the exact same thing. I assume the feeling of already having it. Neville says, the feeling of the wish fulfilled, if assumed and sustained, must objectify the state that would have created it. I desire wealth, so I ask myself, how would I feel if I were wealthy? If I always had plenty, how would I feel? I'm not concerned with how many people want the same thing. If I'm concerned with someone else getting what I want, then I believe there is a limit to the resources. And the only limits in my life are self-imposed. I bring up the feeling of my wish fulfilled. And if I sustain that feeling, the state that would have given me those feelings must be objectified in my life. Because consciousness is the only reality. If I am conscious of being wealthy, 
then I will express wealth and nothing and no one can stop it. Only me. Neville describes what he means by states very simply in the lectures, infinite states and states in the meditative being. Both lectures are on that same day, March of 1968, and if you look at them, they're nearly identical, a few differences. Uh, in those lectures, back then, he would sometimes do give uh, two lectures a day, so sometimes you'll come across uh, lectures, it could be the same lecture with different titles, uh, other times it's very similar, nearly identical uh, lectures with different titles because he did them at two different places or two different times of the day. Either way, he describes what he means by state very simply in this. He says, a state is an attitude of mind, a phase of experience with the body of beliefs which you live by. It's my self-concept. My self-concept is a state. What I hold true about myself, all my limitations, my biases and judgments, everything about myself and others is what I will express in this world. It cannot be otherwise. If I sustain the attitude, the state of my wish fulfilled without conditioning it on how it will be realized, it will be experienced in my world. There are infinite states through which we move and there is always plenty of money, and wealth, and fame, and love. We just go through life thinking there isn't enough. If consciousness is the only reality, then all of these little things, money, and wealth, and fame, and love, they're all just part of it. And you are infinitely bigger than any of it. I know from experience that this works. It isn't some tool for separate little might to use. It's who I am and it's who you are. By a simple shift in my state, my attitude of mind, my body of beliefs, I can completely alter the course of my life. Because my life, including this body, is the result of consciousness. I am imagining this body. I am imagining this name, this life, this state. I am not this body, and I'm not this name, I'm not this life, and I'm not the state I'm dwelling in. In last week's open call with Clay and Anilaja from the Vibe Project, we talked about how Neville calls this a waking dream. What we really call reality is a dream. And on the call, I mentioned how when I am in a dream, I notice that the action in the dream always follows something, a thought, an assumption, or a fear within me. And if you're part of the Vibe Project group on Facebook, Natalie Stroud posted uh, something like this as well uh, a few days ago. She writes so beautifully. She should write a book. <laughs> About a year ago, I had a dream. I was walking along a fence, and I saw this massive white dog on the other side. It was just looking at me as it walked along its side of the fence. It wasn't growling or doing anything menacing. It was just walking along, looking at me. But I thought, shit, I hope this dog doesn't come after me. And that's exactly what it did. As soon as I completed the thought, that dog began snarling and chasing me. And it, of course, found an opening in the fence and began to really chase me. 
As it got ready to bite my arm, I froze everything. All of the action froze in the dream. The dog stopped mid-lunge. Everything around me froze. No more sounds at all. I was the only one able to move. And I turned to the dog and I thought, how silly of me to imagine this sweet thing would want to bite me. And the fear, that little nugget of fear that I felt previously just dissolved. And as it dissolved, the scene unfroze. Now the dog continued its lunge, but it was a playful one. And it licked and whined at me, wanting me to play with it. I've had that same dog, this huge white dog, appear a number of times in dreams and in sleeping dreams and different times when I'm in the silence. I'll bring those stories up at another time. It doesn't seem like it, but this real world is just as much a dream. Put it to yourself. Turn it to the Father within you. Turn it over to the Father within you. Imagination. Let it unfold for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. This stuff is, I can only come up with limited words to describe what I'm experiencing. But it's when you experience it yourself that things really start to crack open. Oh my God. It's like you've had eons of crust built up over your eyes and ears and your mind. And then they start, the crust begins to break and flake off. And you start to remember. You know that verse in the Bible that says, seek the kingdom of God first and all these other things will be given to you? Well, that kingdom is you, your true self, which is infinitely bigger than the name you've been given and the state you wear. I know with absolutely no doubt that if you turn your interest toward the kingdom, this mystery of who you really are, all of these other things will come to you perfectly. I believe that once you remember who you are, this pressing need to be famous or a billionaire will dry up. You won't ever kill off desires, but you'll see how nothing on this world can compare to the being you really are. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty.